Uh, all right, I hit record. Stand by. Okay. This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ the Big Guy. Hi, it is Russ the Big Guy. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur who is very familiar with the struggles and successes related to running a business. I know it is definitely worth the struggle. The freedom and unlimited potential keep me moving forward, fueled by my why. Aligned with that is my desire to share with you, the entrepreneur and aspiring business owner, entertainment, information, inspiration, and even transformation into an even more amazing entrepreneur and human. To those ends, please enjoy this episode of Going Boldly. And welcome, listener. We are going boldly, as always. We have an interesting guest here today. Now, we spent a little time together before I hit record. I think you're going to be excited today. This is a little different than what we normally talk about here because I have Diane Ployce with us today. Hi, Diane. Hello, Russ. And Diane describes herself as the franchise fitter. So this is something that we haven't really talked about on the podcast yet, which is franchising. I think a lot of times people have uh, an impression of franchising that may be inaccurate. And Diane doesn't sell you a franchise, but she actually offers a service to help you match the proper franchisor. Is it franchisor or franchisor, Diane? You are correct. It is the franchisor. Okay. So all you franchisees out there or or, uh, aspiring franchisees or potential franchisees, listen up, because Diane knows everything that you need to know about becoming a franchisee. So welcome to the show, Diane. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Now, who labeled you the franchise fitter? Was that uh, was that part of your marketing and advertising background or what? It is. That is a Diane Ploys original. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> The franchise fitter. Uh, and um, and then Franchoice, that's the company that you work with or through? or Franchoice is a consortium of experienced independent franchise consultants. There's about 80 of us nationwide. So Franchoice Corporate pre-screens the franchise companies, mm. and we work with the candidates and we call the people we work with candidates because our services are free and a client would really indicate some payment. So we work oh, under that franchise umbrella. Oh, all right. Now, how, well, how do you guys get paid then? <laughs> sure. Uh, great question. <laughs> the franchise companies do pay franchise a fee for the pre-screening, the qualification, the education that we provide. Recognize that franchising is highly regulated. So usually mm. companies, if they pass the franchise pre-screening process, um, usually they're very happy because they will reallocate marketing funds. They may have advertised on a particular website or maybe done a trade show and not gotten the quality of candidates they wanted. They will share with us the profiles of their most successful owners and say, when you talk to someone like this out oh. of your experience, extensive number of companies you work with, please send us these people and all oh, those other people. Well, you can send those other people to those other companies. Send them to the competitors. <laughs> right. So, so, well, that's so a, when we that's bring awesome. them that perfect fit, yeah. they say, oh, thank you so much for saving us time for educating the candidate, helping them compare and contrast. Yes, we'll pay you a, a fee for those services. 
Well, this seems like a very logical and productive way to go about connecting franchisees with franchisors. It's it's perfect. Are there other companies that do this too, that are competing with uh, Franchise? There are other companies. Franchise okay. has been doing this for 21 years. And, and yes, there are a few. I think what I especially like about Franchise since I've been there almost 17 years. Oh my goodness. Is the, is the caliber of the of the people generally everyone has again that deep franchise or business ownership experience and they're very willing to share and to help and that's not something that you readily see and i think that's why people stay so long is there's a a great deal of camaraderie and working together and then and you're saying that's among the 80 of you I think you said there's 80, right? So here's one of the things that stood out for me. And I got this off of your LinkedIn page, I think. Okay. And you wrote that working with, let's see, how how can I state this? The advantage or one of the advantages to working with you is that you capitalize on a candidate's and I put that word in, goals, skills, and interest. And I thought, this is ideal because this is one of the things that we talk about with people who are trying to uh, start their own business, who want to be a small business owner, who want that freedom that comes with that and have a passion or have specific skills that maybe hasn't been recognized by an employer or maybe, um, maybe they've been struggling and they just don't have the systems and the, you know, the business experience to be able to be um, – Maybe they're successful if they're operating it at all. I think they're successful, but whatever their goals are, maybe they weren't able to reach that. So I was really interested that you had that specifically written in there. Capitalize on your goals, skills, and interests. Talk about that a little bit. So many times people have a lot of talent, but it may not be readily recognized, or they may say, I'd like to look at another industry, and yet they don't want to start over, but they've got great people skills, management skills, maybe they're comfortable with financial documents, uh, training, recruiting employees. And those skills, I believe, are readily transferable within industries and franchise companies will give them credit for that. So a franchise company is looking for someone with those transferable skills and has what I call that fire in the belly that says, I want to be a business owner. I can follow a plan. I will give stellar customer service. I will build a business following the tools and guidelines that you give me and one that you'll be proud of. Oh, perfect. What's the success rate for a franchisee relative to average business owner that maybe just started on their own? Or bought, or bought an existing business? That's a common question. Unfortunately, there really isn't an average success rate. Franchise companies in their legal document will detail how many franchise companies or how many franchises have been awarded, if any have closed or sold or not open. So it's really best to check with each specific company because that gives you the detail that you really want. And sometimes an average doesn't really tell you much. Okay. Well, can you think of a, of a franchisor that, um, 
that is is pretty successful where maybe you could describe the experience of the franchisees for our listeners? Sure. I think there are many franchises that are very successful. We tend to hear right now a lot about restaurants and fast food, which certainly have been challenged during the pandemic. And yet there are other franchises that are but what I would call under the radar service-based businesses that have actually flourished. But again, they're not out touting and shouting that from the rooftops. They're very respectful. Mm. So those could be businesses, for example, in senior care, where they are hiring caregivers and the caregivers are going out and providing care to the seniors or others that need it. It's not the large facility. Um, I see. Those companies have, have done well. Anything related to a home has done well because people have been home and they've decided, oh, we would like to have a ceiling fan installed or we'd like to have it painted or we need new flooring or new window coverings or we're going to upgrade the electrical or, or let's talk to someone about uh, better insulation or a new roof. Those are all franchise options. And generally, people don't have the skills. They don't have the tools. They don't want to spend their time doing that. So they simply hire someone. They like hiring a business that is a franchise because of that infrastructure, that confidence that it's going to be done right, that if there's product involved, again, it's, it's probably good. So lots of reasons to go with that. and and. Those businesses, again, if your water heater breaks, you're going to get it fixed and you're probably going to call a handyman to do it. Yeah. And I, I think that you just made a point that I guess I hadn't uh, maybe really thought about very deeply. Um, and that is consumer may feel more confident hiring someone who is a franchisee owner. How would they know? Would they know? Do clients readily know that someone is a franchisee as opposed to they just started their own independent business? They may or may not know. It may simply be the experience and they may call the franchisee and the call is answered, whether it's by that franchise owner or by a call center, but, but it's answered. Or they may go online and schedule something all online. Okay. That sometimes an independent provider may not have the resources to do that. So there are clues, let's say. Yeah. So you mentioned a lot of um, advantages. So that's an advantage for a franchisee owner. Also, you know, structure, training, um, you know, the business structures, business plan. What are what are some other things that maybe we didn't already mention. Uh, so our listeners can, who are making a list, you know, the ones who are, who are thinking, well, maybe I want to be a franchisee, you know, sure. they're making a list. So they've got a few things there already. Okay. Other advantages would be buying power, whether that's with product or uniforms could also be with advertising. So many times, let's say if it's a painting franchise, they get deep discounts on the paint or other products. So that adds to the margin or they they have buying power when it comes to advertising or the corporate office has people has staff that specializes in digital advertising and keeps up with all the latest algorithms 
which for an, an individual business owner is challenging. <laughs> that right there would be worse than the price of admission, let me tell you. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, those are ones that readily come to mind. If I think of more, Great. I will add them in. <laughs> okay. So um, I, I want to find out a little bit more about you. Now, let's see. Um, I'm going to read between the lines from some things that I researched about you and then also our conversation before we hit record. And so you have been in the San Francisco area for about 17 years. Am I close? You're close, but actually probably add another 10 years to that. Really? So I think we've been here 26 or 27 years. Yes. All right. Well, I wasn't close at all. You're just being kind. <laughs> <laughs> With FranChoice, they were looking for a marketing director. You got the job right away. Is this true? It's Again, it's close. Okay. So. So I I knew some of the folks at Franchise and I was invited to join Franchise and that was not quite 17 years ago. Ah, I see. All right, there's a, that's where those extra years came in that I missed. Okay. That's, it's an exceptional organization and what I especially liked was that we're helping people, we're we're presenting options and choices to them. And many times things they might not have been aware of. I work with a whole range of franchise companies. I don't have to force anything. I don't have to force that round peg into the square hole. And if someone comes to me and says, I think this would be great, I'll say, it well, might be. Let's take a look at that. And are you open to looking at some other options as well? Maybe that's the best, or maybe we can find something even better. So I very much like that approach. It sounds like you have created real connections with your candidates. And what do you get out of it? Uh, is it different with people who eventually become a franchisee uh, as compared to those who are not a good fit? And, you know, w what does it do for you when you have a successful match and, and you're really able to serve somebody? You get a great paycheck, I'm assuming. Otherwise, you couldn't, wouldn't keep doing it or couldn't afford, especially in the yeah. area you live in. You know, let's dive into Diane a little bit so people get to know you sure. a little better. Well, it is rewarding and fulfilling Sometimes I I talk with people and the person has had a stellar career. They've won awards. They've traveled and missed their kids' birthdays or their soccer tournaments and things like that. Occasionally, that company could be bought out and through no fault of their own, they get the short straw and they get downsized. And all of a sudden they say, my world is turned upside down. I don't know what I'm going to do. So they look at a franchise as another option and one that they can have more control and not have that rug pulled out from under them, so to speak. You had mentioned earlier some of the other businesses that are specifically doing well due to current circumstances with COVID and, uh, and the way the economy has sort of changed. How fast can someone get into a specific franchise? Let's say they saw the fact that everybody was starting to cocoon at home, which, by the way, was, was happening before that. That was being discussed, sort of like the battle between you know home theater and mobile, like who's going to win all of the streaming um, and the uh, consolidation of entertainment and services, like where is it going to go? The home cocooning sort of thing is been exacerbated by COVID. So how fast can someone get in? Let's say they see that and they go, oh, I want to address this. Um, sure. So first, 
again, I will always learn about the person, their goals, their skills, their interests, what they want to accomplish. Because a business is really a vehicle to get them somewhere and where do they want to go. I want to make sure that they're happy and successful in that business. So I learn about them and I also ask them if there are any industries that have piqued their interest, depending upon where you are in the country. It could be a seasonal business or or it may not be. But sometimes people look at that and say, gee, if I could earn revenue that's comparable to year round, but in a shorter season and have some time off, well, that sounds kind of nice. You know, that's so a win. People, <laughs> that's a yeah, win. Right. So some people might appreciate that and, and someone else might not, but that's part of the discussion. And when we do a consultation call to learn about the person, those are the types of questions that I will ask. What's the so time frame? About the what? time frame, yes. So usually franchise companies have things set up that they will share information in weekly webinars or Zoom calls. And many times that transpires over the course of about six weeks. So they'll start with an overview call on the history of the company, the founders, the management team, their vision going forward. They'll talk about unit economics, the investment level, revenue opportunities. They'll go through the legal document, the franchise disclosure document, The candidate will have a chance to talk to franchisees, existing owners, that's called validation. And then at the end, if the company likes the person and if the person, the candidate likes the company, usually they'll have what's called a confirmation day, also known as a discovery day or meet the team day. And that's really the last step in the process where you usually get to meet the whole management team get your final questions answered, and then decide yes or no, do you want to go forward or not? That, right. So six to eight weeks is, is a pretty standard time frame. And then your, your process, is that part of the six to eight or is that in advance of that? It would be in advance of that for about a week or two. Okay. Also funding comes into play. So usually we recommend that people look at their funding options concurrently yeah. so that when they decide on a business, if it's positive, that they have then their SBA loan or their retirement rollover ready to go so that it comes together at the same time. That makes sense. All right, uh, Diane, perfect. Talk about um, the funding process a little bit. Where are the sources for money and um, any anything that you know from your end? Sure. There are funding companies that we work with that we'll make introductions to. And that will allow the candidate to learn about a variety of options. They may choose to use an SBA loan. They may choose to roll over retirement funds. And when a person does that and puts that money basically into their own business, buying stock in their own company, that is penalty-free. And there are actually some tax advantages to that. Occasionally, people will tap friends or family for funding. But the candidate will learn the different options. They'll learn the rates, the terms. Um, I've had people who said, oh, I don't think I want to use my retirement funds. And I'm always respectful, but I encourage them that when they're talking to existing owners to ask them, how did you fund your business? And sometimes people have come back and said, you know, we need to get 
educated more in this area because when we talked to the existing owners, so many of them had said that they've used retirement funds or they've gone with an SBA. And so they want to learn a little bit more about that. So again, that they can make that well-educated decision. I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Diane, listen, we're getting so close to uh, the questions and I want to give you a a chance to... um, uh, give your little elevator pitch to the people that are listening, you know, like, I don't know, the top three advantages to going with a franchise or what, whatever you know that that potential franchisee needs to hear right now. Because there's a couple people sitting in, their, uh, sitting in their homes right now and they have a list started with the different advantages and they're taking notes, right? So now this is kind of like... Uh, Give them, give them a little close, I guess, if you will. All right. Thank you, Russ. I will do my best. I think people look at a franchise because they want to have more control. They want to have more freedom, more flexibility. They want their hard work and effort to benefit them and not shareholders somewhere. They want that pride of ownership. Sometimes they like to work with a spouse or a partner Sometimes they want to leave a legacy for children, and that's really how generational wealth is built. Many times when people look at being a business owner, just about everyone would like to, would like to have their own business, but not everyone has that big idea. Not everyone is that Renaissance person that is good at everything. So the people that really do well with a franchise Uh, appreciate the systems and the infrastructure they have. And they say, this is like getting a toolbox. Give me the tools and let me go. Let me implement, let me execute. Let me put a little bit of my personal stamp on this and build a successful business. Well, I think that you've described that quite well. And uh, mostly everything there is also directly related to our listeners who just want to start their own business, or maybe they have one already and they're growing. Um, but there's some extra things in there that you mentioned. And I think that toolbox is uh, definitely an important one right there, that toolbox, because um, one of the most difficult things with being a business owner is trying to know everything. And you just can't. There's so much to learn. And even the most experienced professional who maybe has worked for a big company, there's still a lot of big holes. So I think this is a really cool way to get that additional information. Yes. And I have worked with independent business owners before that have been very successful, but they've come to me and they said, we've done it, we're capable, but man, it was a lot of work. And this time we would like to go with a franchise so that we have some of that systems and we have access to some of the cool technology without just investing huge sums. So they very much have an appreciation. Yeah. And you mentioned investing huge sums. Can you give me a range of fees or what it would cost for someone to get into a franchise? Um, Sure. To give you an idea, the one-time franchise fee ranges usually between 50,000 and 70,000. Certainly there are franchises that are considerably less and there are franchises where the franchise fee could be six digits, but that will give you that starting point. And then you will add on top of that cost to go to training that might be a flight and hotel. You might need to lease a small office space. You may need to 
upgrade and get a new phone, a, a computer system, do advertising and marketing. Sure. If it's a brick and mortar, of course, you're going to lease a location, have signage, product, employees, advertising and marketing. Franchise companies will detail all of that again in that legal document. And some of those areas, for example, advertising and marketing, it will list a range so that if you're in a major city or in California, you just look at, okay, we're at that top end of the range. And if you're in the Midwest or some of the Southern states, you go, oh, we're probably mid or lower range. Um, And then again, when you talk to existing franchisees, you can verify all of that. You can say, now, what did you spend here and how much did this cost? So you can confirm all that franchising really should be pretty transparent. There should not be any major surprises. Oh, that's good information. Now, um, so that person sitting there has gotten to the bottom of their list and now they're going to want to call Diane uh, or find you. So let's give them that info. Where do they go? to connect with you and um, take the next step in this whole process. Thank you. The easiest is probably to go to www.quickchatwithdiane.com, which will take them to my Calendly page and they can schedule a phone call with me. If they are comfortable spelling my last name, Plois, P-L-E-U-S-S as in Sam Sam, they can certainly go to LinkedIn, look me up there, or go to my website, dianeploys.com. I will also share that on my LinkedIn profile, I have common misspellings of my name. So even (laughs) if they can't quite get my name right, if they can be close, they should still be able to find me, Diane Ploys, the franchise fitter. Finally, my phone number, and this works for text as well, is 925-642-9976. So Ploys is spelled P-L-E-U-S-S, and Diane has one N, right? D-I-A-N-E? Correct, yes. Okay, because that's important too. D-I-A-N-E. So um, website, quickchatwithdiane.com, and then LinkedIn is dianeploys.com, spelled P-L-E-U-S-S, and the franchise fitter is a is a are some keywords where people can find you, and I think that you express the rest quite well. So it should be easy for someone to find you. Any any final thoughts here before we go to the questions, Diane? I simply enjoy working with good people, and I recognize that sometimes the timing might be perfect, but it might not be. They may need to save a little bit or whatever. So I simply enjoy talking with people and discussing options. I've had people come back to me seven years later. I'm working with someone right now. He came back to me now 11 years later, and I do believe he's going to move forward. Wow. So uh, it's fine to have a simple uh, initial conversation. If I can be a resource at all, please give me a call. Well, you're definitely fun to talk with. You seem very knowledgeable. You're not planning on retiring next year, I take it. So you're you're in for the long haul. Yeah, that's good. Oh, I need to do a breakaway just real quick and give a shout out to Will, Tom, and Nate. They're three young guys who own ParlorCityFurniture.com. They're just killing it over there. And they're now a sponsor of the podcast, which is awesome. They're helping me outfit a new video studio. And I have a, a cool standing desk. It's motorized, goes from seated to standing. There's pre-recorded or pre-programmed positions also. Um, And we're going to be doing some upgrades in the podcast studio too. So 
They're super motivated, super cool. Uh, they want to help you. They're very excited about their business. They ship globally. You can find out more at parlorcityfurniture.com. Back to the show. All right, stand by. It's time to answer the questions. I double dare you. All right, it is time for the questions. We have Diane Ployce here answering some questions today. We're going to get to know Diane a little bit better. And uh, gosh, it's been a great interview so far. Diane's a wonderful person to chat with. She seems very knowledgeable. I'm kind of thinking. I'm wondering. I'm thinking. I should have probably looked into a franchise years ago. I could have saved myself a lot of a lot of pain and heartache. I think. <laughs> well, I've gotten a lot of experience out of it anyway. So, okay, Diane, are you ready for the questions? I'm ready. All right. I think. All right. Here we go. Question number one: Who do people say that you look like? Surprisingly, people say I look like my sister-in-law, probably because we are both blonde. I don't know that we actually look that much alike, but I love my sister-in-law a lot. And if I could have had a sister, it would have been her. Oh my goodness. So that's really cool. Did your brother marry someone who looks like you? Uh, <laughs> Is that or I, wrong I don't way think around. there's that much resemblance and she's probably six inches taller. That's funny. So. <laughs> so if anybody sneaks up on you, they don't really know who it's going to be yet. It's either you or your sister-in-law. All right. That's cool. All right, here we go. Question number two. If you could have a conversation with a famous person, dead or alive, who would it be? What would you talk about and why? Since I am originally from the Green Bay, Wisconsin area, the person I would like to chat with would be Vince Lombardi. Oh, nice. I, yes. I would like to see how he was able to motivate these players. And from what I understand, they would go out and, and party. And how do you take this group and hone and fine tune them and, and get them to play together as a, a team? I, and he had incredible success playing in the small town and getting them to go out and play in the ice bowl and all of those kinds of things. So he's obviously recognized as a leader, but I would like to chat with him to see how we built that and, and formed the players and created that team and that environment. All right. Nice. Yeah. He's certainly been, uh, been quoted a lot and, uh, he's definitely known for his ability to, uh, really motivate and keep a team together. Um, he'd be, he'd be awesome to talk with. And let's see now, would you then want to toss a football back and forth with them or are you not a, not a sporty uh, person? I don't think I would be the person to toss the football <laughs> back and forth. No, yeah, me neither. <laughs> me neither. I'm, I'm not a very good sports fan or athlete. So, all right. Question number three, you, let me just verify. You do live in the San Francisco area, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a lot of bad press about San Francisco recently. Um, cost of housing and cost of living has gone through the roof. People are living in closets, spending thousands of dollars for that little tiny space. Um, I think uh, a lot of homeless people, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe also maybe some of the politicians and the people running the communities not uh, being responsive to the issues. So assuming that's all true, and how true was that, by the way, Diane? 
Uh, pretty accurate. Yes. Okay. All right. Because I because I did because I did make some other assumptions earlier in our interview, and I wasn't even close. So, all right, good. So okay. I got that one. All right. So, what is at least one thing that you would like the rest of the world to know about California, uh, your area in particular, that you want people to know something positive that maybe they're not aware of that isn't covered by the press, you know, because maybe it's they don't deem it newsworthy, but you know that it's important and you think people would value knowing about it. Well, a couple of things come to mind. One is the diversity of the area. I very much love the mix of people, how international it is. Um, it's fascinating to talk to people from so many different walks of, of life and backgrounds. So I don't think that um, some of the major cities that the news or the press cover that um, it's probably a, a given, but I'm from a small town in Wisconsin and this diversity really, I think, enriches the area. Another positive that I like and was especially true when we moved here and, and suffered from the shock of the cost of living, et cetera, but there are a number of things to do that are free, free outdoor concerts. I toured just about everything possible that you could tour the universities, uh, Cal and Stanford. Um, there's just a lot of free options here. If you'll but take the time to look, there are free days at the museums each month. So if you're looking for things to do, it, there is an abundance of, of things here. And of course, we have our California sunshine, which I personally love. When we moved here, I would always talk about the weather, which is very common in the Midwest. And people would look at me and just say, you know, Diane, we always have nice weather. That's pretty boring. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that I would talk about the nice weather all the time since I'm living in the southern tier of New York State. As I mentioned earlier, it's rained probably uh at least half the time, if not more, all summer, and it's been humid in between and hot many of the days. So it's it's kind of not been a, a pleasant uh, for us who are used to maybe a little bit cooler weather. But uh, but New York State weather is weird. It's uh, you know it's getting stranger every day. It's all over the all over the map. It could be could be warm one day and freezing that night and rainy the next, and who knows? It may snow the next day. Uh, so we would, so I would be talking about the great California weather every day. And I think I'd be boring the natives as well. <laughs> well, one other nice thing about this wonderful weather is that we can plan. So it's no more of, well, if the weather is nice this weekend, we could do this. We just say, oh, we could do this. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's right. And you probably don't even think about the weather. Oh, right. Yeah. I've. Uh, weather has messed me up more than once with business uh, things. We won't go into that. <laughs> That's a, uh, so I offer going boldly success coaching. Do you mind if I ask you a, a coaching question? Sure, go for it. Okay, this is very open ended, so you can you can apply this to life, business, uh, whatever you want. So, what's one major obstacle that is sort of in your way right now? And it may be an external obstacle, or it may be an internal obstacle. Um, that's preventing you from reaching your goal? One challenge, shall we say, is keeping up with social media. I like to post on LinkedIn and my Facebook business page. I do little on some of the other social media 
the other day, someone encouraged me to do videos for TikTok. And I looked at them and I said, <laughs> really? Like one more <laughs> thing I, to have to do, right? One more thing to have to do to learn. I wondered if that indeed was my audience. And they suggested because it's a newer media that I could have a larger presence there. In the end, I shook my head and I thought, where am I going to get the time for this? And would that be the best use of my time? And it may be. So that's that's a, a, a challenge and obstacle is learning some of these new things, this old dog to learn new tricks. Yeah. And and I would want to do them well uh, as part of it, too. So um, like what what might you do in the next, uh, I don't know, this, this next week that might uh, maybe give you a little bit more confident footing in terms of uh, social media marketing and uh, and uh, in your contributions on those different platforms? I could probably explore some of the additional platforms more, do some searches on that. I do have a few friends that do improv. I have never done that. That scares me immensely, but would probably be very advantageous. So I should or could or will or will check out some of the improv classes and see if there's anything online because to me if I could do it online that would be an easier step to do uh, yes that would be a much easier step to do so I could do that now um, when you're referring to the improv is that is that because you feel that you need to make those um, videos for TikTok is that directly related to that or I think because I've been doing this for a while, I might go into certain patterns or things. Mm. And I always enjoy talking to new people or having, hearing them state something in a new way. Yes. And I think, wow, I never looked at it that way. So that's where I think an improv might be helpful is keeping it fresh, keeping it lively. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, and uh, I teach improv, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. but it, I did not know that, yeah. <laughs> but I could certainly see that. I'm a founding member of an improv troupe. I learned it um, sort of sideways, not through theater in school or anything like that. Not, uh, not because I wanted to be a stand-up, but I was in a Toastmasters group. And we did, our listeners have probably heard this a thousand times by now, but we, um, uh, we did our own entertainment for a holiday party. Uh, one of the members had a friend who was an actor who was willing to teach us improv, the quick uh, whose line is it anyway style. And we okay. did. We did our show. Everybody had a great time. Everybody loved it. And we, the 10 of us, decided that we would continue to meet weekly and uh, just keep practicing and learning more skills and getting better at it. And that group morphed over time and became a, um, uh, an improv troupe. So we did shows. We, we went on the road to, you know, to nearby towns and cities and wow. some of us broke off and started an independent business uh, myself included where we did a lot of programming and um, and shows for schools and fairs and community events and that sort of thing made a business out of it so it was a very interesting interesting time and I love improv it's uh, one of the things that sort of my brain is wired to do I can come up with options 20. 20 different ideas, 20 different ways to say the same thing, um, you know, like within 30 seconds. It's just, I, oh, sometimes I can't stop it. And our listeners know that because I go down the rabbit hole and tangents 
<laughs> way too much, like I just did. So um, I think that that's great. You uh, you are open to learn new things, and that is one of the prerequisites to being a healthy person: is being open to new things, being a lifelong learner, um, letting yeah. your brain make the changes like uh, it can do as a sort of like the physical brain, the plasticity is, is, uh, is there. Uh, and that's something like when you and I were younger, like we, we didn't know that we thought our brain, whatever we were born with is the way our brain was. That's what we were told. So uh, a lot of exciting things. I actually can, and I congratulate you for being open and willing to do some of that new stuff. That's awesome. Well, thank you. And when you were telling the story of how it morphed out of Toastmasters, yeah. which we know is that safe environment. So what a great way to get started and and take that and expand on that. That's fabulous. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I had somebody in Toastmasters tell me, well, you can't make a living speaking. And I thought, well, challenge accepted. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Diane, thank you so much. Dan, Diane Ploiss, uh, spelled P-L-E-U-S-S for people taking notes. Diane, it has been a pleasure. I thank you so much for doing this. Oh, my gosh. We, we, just, we just recorded an hour's worth of content. You're making me edit again. And uh, um, it's just, just wonderful to have you. I thank you. Thank you again for your time. Uh, our listeners have learned a lot. I think that you've opened my eyes, at least. I, I'm so I never really, uh, never really thought about a franchise for some reason. I, but now, having been an entrepreneur for so many years, I realize that it would have saved me a lot of uh, a lot of time and a lot of anguish, learning, uh, making mistakes, learning by making mistakes, which is okay. Uh, but right. gosh, it takes up a lot of time and resources. I'll have to share with you, Russ, when I first got into franchising, I thought you had to be Superman or Superwoman to be a franchisee, to be a franchise owner. What I discovered was most of the people are the average Joe or Jane, but they just have confidence in themselves and they wanted a little bit more. So you you don't have to be this enormous rock star. I mean, franchise companies love rock stars, Yeah, but you can just be a, a good, hardworking, salt of the earth person who wants to use the system that's provided and, and build a business for yourself and your family. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, last words. Yep. So perfect for anybody, beginner or all the way up to a rock star. Give Diane a call, uh, 925-642-9976 or look her up on uh, the interwebs and listener thank you very much for tuning in and we'll look forward to meeting you again and uh, we're out that concludes another episode of going boldly i hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode and i'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast please share it with them you might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode, and it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. 
And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.